Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. Friday night, I'm looking at this game on TV and this guy, the siren is gone and this guy has to kick a goal to win the game and like he kicks it and the ball goes this way. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, and then you just start seeing it and this ball comes back and what, and it kicks a goal. And I was like Pentecostal, like I'm like full on. In fact, most people that were with me were Pentecostal at the time. But the thing is, what, what this guy did is, you know, I'm calling it sort of, it's an indescribable gift. Like you can't actually, how you actually do that, I'm not sure. For the last 23 years, the hardest day for me each year, the hardest day is the day before my wife's birthday. I'm not joking. This is the hardest day for me every year because every year on February the 8th, I think I've got that right, <laughs> I start to get anxious. I start getting very, very anxious, you know, and it's not the gift thing. You know, I like buying gifts and I think I've bought okay gifts for my wife over the years. There's been a couple of times she's cried, um, particularly when I bought the tennis racket, but that's another story. <laughs> but generally speaking, she's not even here, is she? So I can just go... Oh, there she is. Oh, all right. You notice she's not denying it, though, right? So she's not denying it. This is true. But, and it's not about having to organise the dinner. Like, I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm happy with whatever she wants. I can work that bit out. And it's not even about the cake or, and it's not even about, you know, trying to keep her happy on the day. You know what it is for me? The thing I dread most is the birthday card. It is my hell on earth. It, this, this is my struggle. Now, this is going to shock you, but, and you are going to be shocked, but you know what? I'm not actually very good at expressing my emotions. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. The fact is, I am actually very pragmatic in nature. I am not in any way lovey-dovey, and if you've tried to be lovey-dovey with me, it just doesn't work. But my wife is. Here's the problem. My wife is lovey-dovey. I know that's what she wants. I know all she wants is words of affirmation. And so she doesn't care what I buy her. She doesn't care about the cake. She doesn't care about the dinner. What she actually wants is for me to put the most wonderful words about her in a card. Is that true? <laughs> now, Sully is an amazing person and she's been wonderful to me and wonderful to my kids. But I don't know what to say that would do her justice. I, I don't know what to say. I've just said it all. And you know, Sally's by no means perfect. Let me, let me show you that. But, 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 but... But to me, she is an indescribable gift. And that's where I want to start today. It's with 2 Corinthians 9.15. It says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Do you know the Greek word for indescribable? This is the only verse in the New Testament where that word is used. And if you translate it, the meaning is unutterable. Unutterable. It means words cannot adequately describe this gift that Paul's talking about. And none of us can fully appreciate the greatness of this particular gift. The gift that the Apostle Paul here is talking about is, of course, Jesus Christ. And in the chapter before, he says this, in 2 Corinthians 8 9, he says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. And it says in the book of Philippians, he says in in Philippians 2, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the, the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You know, the fullness of Jesus Christ is, for us humans, unexplainable. The fullness of the gospel If we want to try to explain everything that Jesus has actually done for us, it is unexplainable because what Jesus did for us, our words do not do it justice. And yet, at the same time, here's the problem. At the same time, we have to try. Just because I can't describe well what Sally means to me, doesn't mean I shouldn't try. Is that true? Sally says amen. How much more is that true of Jesus Christ? Just because, and it says in 1 Peter 3, if somebody asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Even if I can't explain it perfectly, my responsibility is to try. I may not be great at it, but the Bible just says I've got to be ready to have a go. In 2 Corinthians 5, it it tells us why. It's because we are called to do this. It says, And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So for this reason, over the next four weeks, we are going to be looking at the power of the gospel. And we're going to cover what is the gospel. We're going to be covering why the gospel. You know, why not Buddhism? Why not Hinduism or some other thing? Um, and finally, we're going to look at what, is, what power is in the gospel. Mixed with this, you're going to hear from various people from the congregation. You're going to hear some true life stories just showing the power of the gospel at work. So it's going to be a really, I think, exciting and powerful few weeks coming up. So, but today, the question is, what is the gospel? And I think the Bible describes it best, anything better than I can do. Let's look at Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Because it is, here's what the gospel is, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. In another translation it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. 
It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Do you know there is power in the gospel? The gospel is the power of God at work. And, you know, I'm not going to say much about this now because we're going to spend a whole week doing this in three weeks' time. So I'm going to leave it there. But there is so much power in the gospel. But you know what? It can't help me. It's of no use to me if I don't know what it is. And it's of no use to anyone else if they don't know what it is. So what is it? Well, to start with, I would say it's a powerful story. And if I had to quickly explain it to someone, I need to remember three key characters. We're talking God, we're talking us, and we're talking Jesus. There are three key characters to this story. First, there was God. And we know that God is love. We know that God loves everyone. Uh, God is also holy. That means he is absolutely pure. And it means he is separate from anything impure. And God is just. He is a perfect judge who judges fairly. Then there's us, you and me. God created the world. As part of that, he created people, us. We are one of his creations. The Bible says we are his masterpiece. He made us to be pure. He made us to be good. He made us to be sinless, eternal beings. But if you've read early in the book of Genesis, especially if you were here on Saturday and did the course, you would know it wasn't long before that all changed, before people sinned. Starting with Adam and Eve, eating the forbidden fruit, and then from then on, that gene of rebellion has been passed down to every human being since. So all of us, as a result now, we all born, and as we grow up, know we're going to have sinful desires. We just know that's going to be the case. You're not going to come across another person that doesn't, at some point, have a sinful desire. We all do things that are wrong. Now, remember that God is separate from anything that's impure. Therefore... Our sin separates us from God who is holy. The punishment for this sin, for our sin, is death. There is nothing that you and I can do to fix this because we're not worthy to try and fix it. We're impure. We can't fix it. But this is not the end of the story because, as we know, then there's this one special baby born to a teenager named Mary. There was a virgin birth. Something that hadn't happened before. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. A baby, therefore, not born with this gene of rebellion. And his name was Jesus. But he was different to everybody else. This little baby called Jesus. He was perfect. As he grew up, there was no sin. He was God's son. He was both God and yet at the same time, he was man. He was not separated from God. He was not condemned to die. Like Father God, he was perfect. He loved everyone. And he understood everybody's predicament. He understood that for you and me, things weren't going to end well. Because he knew that all of us were sinners. He knew that all of us could not repair our relationship with God. We'd all done something wrong. But he also knew that our sin could be fixed with a perfect sacrifice. With a perfect sacrifice. And of course, he was perfect. He was pure. He was without sin. So he was 
that perfect sacrifice. And his love was so great for every single person that has ever lived on the planet that he took all of our sins upon himself. The sins of every single person. And he took the punishment for those, which was death. And by dying in our place, because he was a perfect substitute, by dying an excruciating death by crucifixion on a cross, God was able to substitute Jesus' death for every person's eternal death. But Jesus also showed that he wasn't just a man. Because three days later he rose from the dead. Proving that even death had no power over him. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And so the good news is, even though you and I, we do not deserve eternity with God. We do not deserve it. And even though we couldn't pay for our eternity with God, and even though we couldn't earn our eternity with God, God made a way. And as a result, you and I are made holy. We no longer have to be separated from God. And I say the word have deliberately. We no longer have to be separated from God. because it. Now, if I say have, it implies that we might still be separated. And that's because we are still separated. It's not automatic. You and I have a decision to make. In order to receive his forgiveness, even though he has gone to the cross for every single person in this room and out in the community all over the world, even though he has paid for everybody's sin, it's still your choice whether you want to accept him paying it for you. You can choose to pay for it yourself. It's your choice. But we have to, if we want to accept Jesus, we have to accept him as the one that's paid for our sin. We have to acknowledge that we are sinners. We have to ask Jesus to forgive us for everything that we have done, for all of our sins. We have to believe that Jesus is God. We have to believe that Jesus died on a cross for us and rose again. And we have to ask God to be the Lord of our life. And if we do this, and not only if we do it, but if we actually mean it, then we have received the good news. We're forgiven. We now have, not can have, we now have a personal relationship with God. We can go to him. We, like Sally said before, we can go and talk to him anytime that we want. All the time. He's our guide. He's our strength. He gives us peace. He's our rock. And it'll be like that for eternity. And when we die from this earth, it's going to get only better than what you know now. You know, religion, you've probably heard this before. You might have someone say this before. Religion is spelt do and Christianity is spelt done. Because a lot of people are trying to get their Christianity from do. And that means they try to earn it. They try to work for it. They, I go to church. I give God. My, I pay my tithe. I, I do acts of good service. I, I write good cards to my wife. I support the crows. I do all the things I'm meant to do. Right? I do all the things I'm meant to do. That is religion. That will not, that will not work with God. Because the issue is you're still corrupted. Right? Do does not work. Done means Jesus did it for you. That works. 
do verse done, we have to remember Christ did it for us. It is done for us. So being about Christian, being a Christian is about accepting that we can do nothing because God has done everything. That's our starting point. Doesn't mean we then become lazy Christians. That's another message for another day. This is not about that. But when it comes to salvation, God did the work, not us. If someone asks you, and hopefully they will one day, what is Christianity about? What is this gospel? What is the good news? And you go, well, I'm, I don't even know if I can really explain this really well. Well, I've said this before, but there are three scriptures that I like to use. And I think if you can remember these three scriptures, you will do really well at remembering a story that you can explain to people about, what, about the gospel. And they all come from the book of Romans. It's Romans 3.23, 6.23, You know, when I go through trainee credentials with people, I try to go through this with them. I say, these three scriptures, you've got to learn them. Romans 3.23, 6.23, For our little app that we've got, um, if you go and look at our scriptures this week on our app, one of the tasks I've got for you to do, if you're doing it every day, is to write down those three scriptures just, just the numbers. You don't even have to know the words. Write down Romans 3.23, 6.23, Because you know what? If a person ever comes to you and says, what is this gospel thing? And you're not going to have a Bible on you necessarily, but I'll guarantee you'll have your phone. And if you can remember these, you can go straight into one of those Google um, Bible app things, type in Romans 3.23, then 6.23, then 10.13. That's all you need. This will give you... A summary, this will trigger what you need to do to share the gospel with them. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. Now you can talk about that aspect of what happened to humans. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. None of us can earn it. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Jesus is the way. That's what we're going to share about with this person. And the final thing you need to do is a person says, okay, so it's Jesus, but how do I become a Christian? Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's, now, they're three basic scriptures, but they start the story for you of what you need to talk people about. Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, Just remember those three, and you've got a skeleton for the story. If you can... If you can do that. And I think the, the only way that I did is I just had to keep doing it until I remembered them. And I encourage you to do the same thing. We had a problem. Jesus came to the rescue. We just have to respond. That's basically the story. We had a problem. Jesus came to the rescue. We have to respond. And after we respond, God does this mighty thing in our life. And today, I'm going to ask, I've got a special guest for you this morning, because we're going to hear from someone in a minute, if uh, Max wants to make his way up here. Oh, he's right there. Sorry, Max, I can't see from here. But we're going to, in a minute, have Max Ford come. Now, Max became a Christian um, a little over 12 months ago. So today, I'm bringing in a freshie, right? A freshie. He might be a bit rough around the edges, but we like it like that. Next week, 
I'm going to be bringing someone that's a little less fresh. I'm not bringing someone stale the week after, but I'm, it's going to slowly, we're going somewhere. But could you please put your hands together for Max as he shares. Thank you, Josh, uh, for, the, for the lovely introduction. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Max, as you should have worked out by now. Um, some of you may remember me. Um, I gave a, a short testimony before I was baptised uh, about halfway through last year. Um, but, yeah, Josh has asked me to uh, speak a little bit more in depth about my story and my testimony. So uh, that's what I'm here to do. Um, first of all, a bit of background um, of, of where I started. So I was born in England. Um, and my very first acting role, and so those that know me know I love my theatre, my very first acting role, I was three months old, and I played Baby Jesus in our Christmas play. So that's where it all started for me. Um, and, and as a kid, um, my, my parents are Christian, but they're, they're non-acting Christians, so we don't go to church very often. Um, in fact, when I was living in England, we went to church exactly two times every year. We went on Halloween and we went on Christmas Eve. Um, those are the only two nights we went. Christmas Eve was amazing. We did a thing called Chris Dingle, uh, which isn't, thing, isn't really a thing here in Australia, but we get an orange and we have a red ribbon around the orange with lollies sticking out of it and a candle out the top. Um, and I forget all the, the symbolism, but it's all representing Jesus and his blood and what he's done and how he is the light of our world. We sing the cows and then we eat the lollies, and I liked the lollies, so that was, <laughs> that was great. Um, so I was always, always sort of aware of God, and, and sort of he was always there, um, but never in a very direct way. And then when I was nine years old, we left England and came here to Australia, um, and we just never really found a church. So I never actually went to church um, when I was a kid living in Australia, um, and I was definitely under the influence of all the other things going on in my life. So when I was in school uh, with my other theatre friends, all these other people were influencing me, and I, I turned away from Christianity. I turned away from God. Um, it wasn't cool, you know? Like, and, and as we all know, it's not a cool thing to be a Christian, especially in um, this day and age when you're in school and you're high school, you're trying to impress your friends. It's not a cool thing to do to go to church. So... Um, I, was de I definitely came under that pressure and, uh, and sort of stepped away. Um, and I carried on. Like, my life was fine. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't terrible. I was just getting by. Um, and I ended up getting a job as a travel agent. Uh, and then about four months after I started that job, the pandemic hit. And it became illegal to travel. So being a brand new person, I was one of the first to lose my jobs. And I ended up getting a casual job, um, checking like the temperatures outside of a retirement village for anyone that came to visit in. Um, and my mum actually got me that job because she also lost her job. Um, and I worked five hour days. I worked from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. And in that time, I normally had three or four people come through. So as you can imagine, I had a lot of time on my hands, just sitting there on my phone, flicking through, flicking through, and I downloaded an app called TikTok, which some of you may know and some of you may not. Um, but, and I, I promise you I'm going somewhere with this. Um, and, and through this TikTok, um, I, I reconnected with an old friend. I saw one of her videos. Um, it'd been three or four years since we'd seen each other, um, and I thought they were really funny. So I reached out and I said, hey, how are you going? Um, not seeing you in ages. And we just started chatting, because I had nothing better to do, so I was just chatting on my phone all day long. And then it was a Friday, um, Friday afternoon, and she messaged me, saying, hey, I'm with my friends right now. We're up camping by the river. Do you want to come along? And I was like, you know what? 
I've got nothing better to do. Why not? Uh, so I went up and, uh, and went camping with them um, on the Saturday afternoon. And while we were there, we just started having really deep conversations about religion and about God and about Christianity. Um, and I felt, I felt very open because I wasn't around my normal friends. I wasn't around the friends that don't think it's cool to be a Christian. So it was just a really easy space for me to talk about it. And after talking about it, I thought, you know what? I'm interested in learning more. Um, I'm really, really interested. So uh, my friend reached out again. She said, hey, come to church with me. You know, come see what it's like. Meet the people there um, and just see, see if it's for you or not. So I went. Uh, we went to life at Ingle Farm. And I lived down in Happy Valley. So it was about an hour's drive away from me. So I drove up an hour, went to church, drove back an hour. And I loved it. Like it was, I'd never felt so welcome. I'd never felt so included um, by people I didn't know. Like it was people that I didn't know were coming up and saying hello and touching my elbow because we couldn't shake hands at that point. Um, and it was just, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. In my head, I always had the, you know, everyone's in their suit and their tie and you've got the choir in the background kind of image of church. Um, and it was nothing like that at all. Um, about a month into going to that church, there was a sermon preached by one of the pastors, David, there, and it just felt like he was talking directly to me, like 150 people in the room, and he was talking straight at me. He, he knew what was going on in my life. He knew uh, some other personal issues that I had going on, and he just spoke directly to me. And, and after that sermon, I went up to him and said, you know, Pastor Dave, um, how did you know? Like, who told you what was going on in my life? And he said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm David. I, I have no idea what was going on in your life. But he said that um, he believed, you know, I'd been, I'd been put in that room on that day to hear that message for a reason. And, and I went home and I thought about it. And you know, all this thing, like the, the flight center, TikTok, camping, Everything had led to that moment of putting me there in that room. And, and that was the moment, like the exact to-the-minute moment that I said, you know what, I believe. I accepted Jesus. I asked him to forgive me my sins, and, and I accepted his price that he's paid for me, uh, for I am a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've done that bit already, so I forgot to look at my notes. Um, even after becoming a Christian, though, I was still so worried about what my friends would think of me and think that I'm not cool and think that I'm lame for going to, Christ, going to church and being a Christian. So I still, I still hit it and for, for the longest time. And then one day, I think I commented on a post that my church had made and another friend of mine saw it that wasn't with the church um, and asked me about it. I said, oh do you go to church? And I go, uh, yeah, I do. And it was the first time I'd actually admitted it to anyone that I'd gone to church. And it just felt awesome. I'm like, wow, that just, that's like a weight off my shoulders. Uh, and so I started telling people. I started telling people about Jesus. I started telling people that I was going to church. And every time I told someone, I just, it felt so great that I was not only sharing the message, but I was just letting myself do what I want to do. So... Later on, my friend that, that brought me to the church, um, both of her housemates decided that they were going to break the lease and move out. And I made a joke saying, oh, yeah, I'll, 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 we'll find a house together. I'll move out of home. We'll, we'll, we'll find a place. And about a week later, I get a message saying, so were you serious about that? 
Um, and I sort of looked at it. I said, you know what? I've got a, I've got a brand new job, which I'm loving and, and enjoying and is very stable. Um, yeah, I'm ready to move out of home. So uh, my friend and I, we, uh, we became housemates. Um, and it was a very, very competitive market. Like every house we went to had about 50 people looking at it. We put in so many requests to live in so many places. Didn't hear back from any of them. And then there was this one place not far from here, about five minutes, and it was just the easiest place to get. Like, it was suspiciously easy, almost like someone wanted us to be in this community. Uh, so, so we applied for it. We got it straight away. We were the only people they even considered uh, for, for moving here. And we said, you know what, let's, let's find a local church. You know, Ingle Farm's a bit far from here. It's going to be every Sunday. Let's, let's find somewhere nearby. So the plan was, there was a plan, to go to three or four churches. There are a few around us. Um, and we'll go to one each week, and then we'll pick a forever church once, once we've been there. We came to Port Life first, and then we came to Port Life second and third. And we just, we just found, our, 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 found our home here because uh, we felt that God was doing amazing things in this place. We felt so welcomed. Um, and, yeah, it was just, we, we've been here since. Um, I was baptized last year, and that is one of the best moments of my life. I, it, was, it was so freeing to have that, that public declaration um, that I, I'm a child of God. I've chosen to accept Jesus as my savior. Um, and even though I'd already been telling my friends about it, and, and I'd been mentioning it to a few people, um, just that hard and fast, I am a Christian statement that, that being baptized, being water baptized puts out to the world um, is just indescribable. So um, I would like to take this, this quick moment that if you, if you are a believer of Jesus and you haven't been baptized yet, um, talk to one of the pastors here. They are they're so happy about it. Um, they're supportive and they're, they're fantastic. So I would highly recommend it. Um, also ask me if you've got any questions because I've been there, done that. Um, I would say that I'm a completely different person than I was three years ago before I was a Christian. 2019 Max, he wasn't a family-friendly Max. Like, he wasn't, he didn't have the, the ideals, he didn't have, he, he lived selfishly. Um, every decision I did, I was like, what's going to be best for me? And since accepting Jesus and since becoming a Christian, I've started asking, God, what do you want me to do? And, and it's just, the outcomes are better anyway. Like, like, when I was living for me, I was making these selfish things based on my own knowledge and my own wisdom, which wasn't existent. Um, and now I'm asking God, what do you want for me? What is your plan? What is your purpose? And he's infinitely wise, and he knows exactly what to do and exactly what to say. Um, there, are, there are friends that know me before I was Christian and friends that know me now that I am a Christian. When I first told them that I was going to church, they were, You? <laughs> You're not going to church. You're pulling my leg. And I was like, no, no, I'm genuine. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm loving. I'm believing. Um, and yeah, they were absolutely taken aback. They, they didn't even think it was possible for, for me to go to church uh, without catching fire as I sat in the building. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just a completely different person. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm better for it. And I'm so thankful. And yeah. <laughs> How good is that? Like sometimes I can try to say that the gospel has power or you just get someone up like that and some, you know, the testimony speaks for itself. 
Thank you, Max. You may uh, go off the stage. Well done, buddy. Fantastic. You know, I think he's really set the scene for the next few weeks because what you're seeing there is a life that is transformed by this thing called the gospel by, and by this person called Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. And, and it's about taking our life and stopping living for ourselves and now living for God. And the, the change that that brings to a person's life and the change that it brings knowing you are forgiven, that you have an eternal destiny that is well, a wonderful eternal destiny. It's so hard to describe what it is, but um, what a wonderful story to start this series today. We're going to finish today with uh, a couple of songs of worship. What a great opportunity for us now just to worship God and thank Him for all that He's done, not only for Max, but for, for all of us, what He's done. But having said that, if there's anyone here this morning that has never accepted Jesus Christ, if you, a bit like Max and his family, have attended church in the past, but you never really had a personal relationship with God, you know what? Make today your day. You don't have to come down the front. What you need to do is you actually need to reach out to God. And you actually say to God, Lord, I believe that you are God. I believe that you, Jesus Christ, are God. I believe that you did die on a cross for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. I know I've done wrong. I ask you to forgive me for what I've done. And I ask you to become the Lord of my life. And if you do that and you genuinely mean that, at that moment, you are accepted into God's kingdom. You have eternal life and immediately you have the relationship which was broken between you and God is restored. You can go to Him 24-7 and talk to Him and He's there for you. It's so hard to put into words because it is an indescribable gift that God gives to us. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.